Welcome to another episode of In the Life of Sean Powers. He keeps you entertained on the morning show on My1043 in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. But what is he like after the show? Well, here you go. Here we go. It's another fun podcast with me, Sean Powers, in the life of me. And I tell you what, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in my life that people don't know about yet. And this is one of them because I've been intrigued with the Japanese culture for I don't even know how long, probably since I was maybe in middle school when uh, we were learning about uh, like World War II and stuff like that. And the Japanese, they dropped the bomb, uh, they, you know, bomb Pearl Harbor and stuff like that. So that's what really got me interested in really getting to know them as people and the culture and stuff like that. And uh, today we have a very special guest with us. I've worked with this lady for the past six years. She's been here at the radio station. She's also the daughter, the awesome daughter of Bob and Lori Peters here at the station. Aww. This is Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming in and talking with us uh, today on this uh, podcast uh, because we're going to talk about uh, the culture of Jap- Japan. You just uh, recently came back from Japan. Yes, I did. I got to spend a week and a half there in August this year. I bet you I was so excited. I want to hear all about it because this is very intriguing for me personally, but it's also uh, a lot of people out there uh, that are listening to the podcast here. We're you know going to listen to it and go. Oh, you know what? Maybe I want to do something like that. Or I, Heck yeah. and, and anybody can do anything that they want to do. Don't let anybody hold you back. So nope. If you want to travel and see the world, you should do it uh, because truly, it is. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And we're going to hear it all about it here in a second. But first, I want to preface this with uh, you. Um, you know, when I first got here at the radio station, you were talking about the uh, International Relations Council, and you've been involved with them for a while. And that's here yes. in town, correct? Correct. The Mount Pleasant International. Relations Council is our uh, local organization that coordinates uh, cultural exchanges and just uh, continues the relationship between our sister city in Japan um, and Mount Pleasant, Michigan. So what is our sister city in Japan? It is Okaya, Japan, uh, which is in Nagano Prefecture. It is kind of right in the middle of the main island there. And you've been involved with International Relations Council for how long now? For about maybe four years. Um, I joined in 2019 and was eventually uh, nominated to be the vice president and then eventually became the president. Um, so here we are now <laughs> working with the IRC. And so what do you do with the IRC? So IRC started in 1965 as a person-to-person way to uh, exchange culture between Japan and Mount Pleasant. It was a big movement going on nationwide. So um, a member of the Mount Pleasant community and a member of the community in Okaya realized that their towns kind of have, have some things in common with industry and whatnot. Um, um, so they built a relationship and it was formalized by our governments. And here we are, you know, nearly 50 years later, uh, still performing these exchanges and uh, sharing culture. So when we exchange stuff, is it just uh, people going there and then, uh, you know, people from there coming here? Um, well, we do have our youth exchanges every year. Um, so this year was the Mount Pleasant Youth Exchange. We sent teenagers from the Mount Pleasant area to do a homestay in Japan. Um, and then next year we will have a group of uh, Japanese teenagers from Okaya area come here and stay with families for a similar amount of time. Okay. Um, and those are our main exchanges. We do one of those a year. Um, and then coming up for our 50th anniversary, we are hoping to plan um, an event with an adult delegation. Um, we are still working on those plans with Okaya, so nothing is solid yet, but uh, we're looking forward to doing something for that. That's awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit then how you got interested in Japan as a whole. Oh gosh. Well, this this goes back to uh, me being like a, a preteen on the internet uh, way back in the desktop computer days, uh, (laughs) I, I somehow stumbled upon Japanese fashion. Um, and it was just so different from what I was seeing here in America. Uh, so colorful, specifically, uh, Harajuku fashion in Tokyo. 
Um, and I just loved it. And that's kind of where it started with the fashion. And then you find, you know, websites and, and, and they're all in Japanese. And you're like, well, I don't know Japanese. So eventually I kind of started teaching myself a little bit of Japanese. Um, nothing that could help me read the websites. Uh, but that is <laughs> that is about where it started with the fashion and the, the aesthetics. How did this whole thing come about where you went there last year? Oh, uh, well, that came about uh, when I was a teenager. I was fortunate enough to hear about and uh, be selected to participate in one of the IRC. Uh, teenager exchanges. So I was able to actually go as a youth delegate in 2008. Um, and that is initially how I got started. Okay. Okay. So how long were you over there as a delegate? Um, that was about two weeks. Uh, two weeks. Similar. It was, it was a similar program to this one. Um, I stayed with a family. Uh, we got to see all sorts of things around the Okaya area. The staff over there really treated us super well, showed us a ton of fascinating things. We live the experience though. You're on the plane and you're approaching the air Airport, you know, landing over there. Yeah. What was going through your head? I'm so excited to stand up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, because it's a long trip. It's like it was. Yeah, it was a long trip. Um, and you know, we we didn't spring for uh, super fancy seats. Who can afford that? So yeah, you're right. kind of crammed in there. Um, but no, just the excitement about being able to stand. Um, just being in such a different place. Um. But at the same time, it's still very similar to America. There's there's big differences, but at the same time, people are people. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. When you got off the plane, you uh, were they there to greet you? Um. Well, uh, I actually had to this time around uh, for this trip. I was the chaperone, so I was in charge you were the of. Boss. Okay. Yes, instead of being a delegate, I was the chaperone. So I had a group of five students with me, and I had to herd us all off the plane, make sure we got all our stuff, uh, pick up our luggage. We had to get through customs, which was was, uh, I guess, the biggest uh, wake-up call to being in Japan because it was just so hot and sweaty and humid in there. Yeah, yeah, um, I've got sweat dripping off my face as I'm trying to talk these teenagers through their, their customs declarations and all that. Um, but we made it through, and then, yes, we were greeted uh, right outside customs by uh, staff from Okaya. How much Japanese do you know? Not a ton. Um, I have taken about officially two years' worth uh, in school and just kind of taught myself here and there. Um, so I know bits, um, but it really did start to come back to me after being surrounded by it. Um, I got really good at remembering uh, adjectives that I had learned in class. And do they speak English over there too quite well or not really? Um, it depends on the person, depends on the age. Um, in school, Japanese teenagers and youth are taught English, um, but it, it really it depends. Um, the family I stayed with, the, uh, the mother spoke English quite well. She was studying um, for her own pleasure, business English. Um, but my host dad said he didn't know English, uh, but we were able to communicate pretty well. Uh, he could use, you know, some words and I could fill in what he was trying to say. Oh, I'm sure in body language and stuff too. So uh, let me ask you this. Do they watch TV over there like we do here in America? Do they spend hours in front of computers? I mean, what, what what's the, what's it like? Well, uh, I can tell you the, the parents did not get much time to watch TV because the two young daughters in the house I was staying with were watching videos on YouTube all the time. Okay, okay. So yes, uh, the, the children loved Minecraft YouTube videos but have never played Minecraft. I thought really? that was kind of 
money. That's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. What type of activities did you guys do when you were there? Oh, gosh. So when we were there, um, we had some activities that were planned by staff from the city of Okaya. So during the days, uh, the teenagers and I would go do various things in the area. Um, shoot, we went to a nearby city called Matsumoto and got to tour a really old castle there. Um, it is just kind of like the picturesque image of Japan. Um, and so it was very cool to get to go inside the castle and see that. Um, and let's see, other days they took us to nearby uh, Shinto shrines. Um, there are, shoot, I want to say like 10,000-ish uh, Shinto shrines around the area. Um, and obviously we did not see them all, but they took us to two of the main ones um, and kind of explained the the local traditions around that. Um, so that was fascinating. Yeah, just beautiful, beautiful areas. Yeah. I could imagine. Just, and I've always wanted to go and I do want to go and at some point in my life, I'm going to head over to Japan and, and check it out. But let's talk about the food Ooh, culture. Yeah. And, and do you have to get on your hands and knees or do you sit at a small table? And, you know, I know there's some old custom stuff that still yeah. exists like that. Um, Again, that'll depend on the household. Uh, the house I stayed in, we tended to eat most of our meals Um in a in the living room which had a tatami floor so we would sit on the floor with a like kind of a coffee table type height right, okay. um and we would eat there um plenty of restaurants you go to are just traditional chairs seating nothing different um but then if you go to some maybe older style more traditional japanese restaurants um there were a few where we did have to sit on the floor you know you have cushions that you're yeah, kneeling yeah, on and yeah. it's very cool you take your shoes off beforehand all very fancy feeling so when you're over there and you're talking to these people and you're getting to know them they were very and not just the host family but like everybody else that you know that you ran into and talked to everybody was pretty friendly towards americans right oh incredibly friendly yeah uh folks uh just in enjoy uh, trying to practice their English with you. And it's very fun. <laughs> yeah. um, I love it. No, uh, I remember at one moment we were over um, at the Friendship Zone from Mount Pleasant uh, looking at a little hot spring area. And this uh, young woman from the area, I think must have been a college student, um, but I could tell she was kind of eyeing me. And then a few minutes later, she sat next to me and we made a little conversation. She asked where I was from and I tried to explain Sister City and all that. Yeah. So it was cool. It was very fun. People are super friendly. Is there a big nightlife like here? You know, a lot of people go out and party on the weekends or are they more, is it more subdued over there? Again, it depends on where you are. Okaya is a fairly rural area, so stuff shuts down pretty early. Okay. Um, and my understanding about alcohol in Japan as well is that it's okay for you to have it out open on the streets, um, but they're very strict about um, alcohol in your system when you're driving. So folks would, it seemed that they would do a lot more of their drinking maybe at home or at a place within walking distance to their home. So not a lot of partying where I was, okay, um, okay. but gotcha. uh, Japanese folks love to celebrate with a the beer. They yeah. love their beer over there. So were you able to listen? to any of the radio stations over there that's that's a the question i've always had I oh was my gosh i wanted to um i did the when i was there in uh when i was 16 i did listen to a little bit of a radio show but uh it was more trying to figure out what time of day it was because i was jet lagged and oh, i yeah. didn't oh, understand yeah. what was going on Understood. um this time around unfortunately i did not but my host dad is super into music so we bonded over music a lot um and he kept playing me songs that CZY actually plays. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, I know this oh, song. Wow, okay. Yeah, no, he was super into uh, like Motown. Um, dude loved Boys to Men. He really liked R&B. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah, he loved Sheryl Crow. So it was a lot of American oh, nice. artists that I could be like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I know this yeah, super I well. It. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, and then one of his uh, very favorite bands called Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra. Mm -hmm. 
um, I actually happen to know about because one of my friends here in America is super into them. So he was very excited that I knew of them. Um, and he brought out all this merch he had from them and even gave me a band shirt when I left. So now how much uh, touring did you do of the actual area? Uh, was it pretty much every day you guys were out doing something? Yeah, pretty much every day. If uh, we weren't out with the city of Okaya, then our host families set up some pretty cool stuff for us. Um, before getting over there, I kind of just sent over, we, we all filled out little interest profiles for our host families. Um, so they were able to find activities that suited us. And um, mine definitely did an amazing job finding things that I would enjoy. See, and just from just talking to you about this over the past few minutes, I have in my head what, it, what it's going to be like when I go. Yeah. And I'm like, this is this is really, really intriguing. Um, I bet you, you know, the lights, you know, light up at night and the cities just come alive. And, you know, uh, it's just it's real peaceful. Peaceful and real calm over there, and, and everybody treats everybody like gold, you know? I like um, gold, or they just honestly don't notice you, which I love, um, because, you know, there's just a lot of people around, and sure, sure. it's nothing personal. Now, how many, you said you were in the rural area, though. Yeah. But how many people in that, on that island, per se? Oh, I mean, that's the main island of Japan, so, so that's, yeah, yeah going to be a, a ton of people. That's where, you know, Tokyo and, and Osaka, sure, right, Kyoto right, right. are, so. so. it's kind of like a New York City on, you know, times five. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um... The city parts of Japan are wonderful. I mean, even the the nearby city Matsumoto is is pretty hopping and fun. But I really enjoyed being in the rural areas. Um, mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Anytime you look out the window driving somewhere, um, I would try to like get some shut eye on a bus or whatever. But I couldn't just because it was so pretty all the time. So what is driving like over there now? Are you driving on like the left side of the road like they do in England or is it different like that or is it pretty similar to here? Totally different. Yeah, we're on the other side of the road, okay. uh, sitting weird. on the other side of the car. It is a super mountainous area. Um, so obviously not all of Japan is like that. But where we were, you know, to get away from Okayo, we kind of had to go out of the valley over a mountain. So a lot of very curvy roads, narrow roads, mountains going up and down. It was super different. Um, not as relaxing as riding in America, for sure. But right, right. yeah, definitely really cool. A lot more people riding bicycles and stuff uh, over there than we have here in the States? Yeah, a lot more yeah. folks walking, riding bikes. Um, and then the, the roads are so narrow that, you know, you kind of have to walk slash ride your bike in the road. Um, but, you know, the, the cars will just, you know, stop, go around you slowly. It's not a big deal, um, which I appreciate. You know, you don't right. see folks giving pedestrians the finger or whatever for existing. Anything else from your trip you want to share with us? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think one of the coolest things that we got to learn about while we were there um, is this festival that is very popular in the Okaya Sua, which is a, a neighboring town, um, that area. It's called the Onbashira Festival, um, and it happens every six or seven years, depending on who you ask and who's counting. But it involves cutting down approximately 16 very, very large trees from the mountains and ceremonially riding them down the mountain, pulling them through town to the shrines, because um, each of the main four shrines gets four trees, mm-hmm. and then pulling them upright to stand there for the next six years. That is a very, very old festival that's been going 
on for, shoot, like a thousand years, you know, one of those things. And it is known as one of the most dangerous festivals in Japan because usually someone does die. Um, either while it's riding it down the Pokemon, mountain, it's yeah. intense, or even when they're pulling it upright. So they will, yeah, bring 16 of these down, four for each of the four main temples, um, and then uh, some other additional smaller ones for other temples around the area. But it's just a, we we obviously didn't get to see it in person, but um, they were very excited to share this tradition with us. We got to go to a museum. We got to see so much footage. It was just remarkable. It looks like an amazing celebration that the whole town comes out for. Just looks like a really great time. And everybody is there for each other. Exactly. And it's it's something that the children grow up with. Um, so it's not necessarily seen as something that's you know as scary and dangerous. It's, it's just something we do in our town. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone gets involved, whether it's a certain select group of men getting to uh, sing the the chants beforehand or getting to actually ride the uh, the the logs down or I mean, even make they make uh, the ropes that are tied around the logs by hand. Oh, wow. Um, so, okay. yeah, it truly involves the whole area coming together. Gotcha. Um, now, did you ride the logs down or no? No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> first like, no. off, women are not allowed to. Okay, um, and fair. the festival takes place in April, so it was not happening when we were there. But they did at the museum for the Onbashira Festival. Uh, they had a little kind of log ride you could sit on, and they had a screen in front okay, of okay. you showing kind of, you know, what it feels like going down. That was really so virtual, fun. but not actually doing it <laughs> Right. Nothing dangerous at all. But yeah, just a little virtual experience. And so that really stuck out to you and you really enjoyed that. And that was really cool to to be experienced that, you know, physically. Yeah, there is uh, just something really cool to me about the festival culture in Japan. Um, Matsuri, as they're called. Yes, there are just so many types of festivals in Japan. I mean, each town may have, you know, several that are just special to the area. And it just seems like a very cool way for the community to all come out and be connected over something, you know, that that happens in many cases annually. Due to COVID, a lot of the festivals weren't able to take place um, up until just this summer. So Mm. we got to see a lot of the setup for certain ones around areas and folks were so excited. Okaya is famous for its drum festival as well. Yes, it's Taiko Festival. Oh, so cool. And it was the first one in three years they were going all out with just this massive stage, hundreds of drummers. It is so cool. Your excursion was how long? Two weeks? It was about a week and a half. About a week and a half. Yeah, okay. yeah. Very, very quick week and a half. Uh, and the jet lag coming back home and trying to rebalance uh, yourself because you're on the other side of the world. And, right. You know, how long of a trip was that? Like 16 hours to get there? 16 hours? Yeah. Getting there was about, I want to say maybe 20 hours total with oh, like layovers, layovers and stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. No, getting back was over 30 hours. Uh, yeah, we, I think, uh, pulled into our our homes about maybe 35 hours after we left Okaya. So... <laughs> <laughs> and how long did it take you to get back into the, you know, you get your, your balance and your senses back here? Oh, man, like a, like a month, I swear. I, yeah. I probably didn't go about it the right way. Uh, but no, jet lag going to Japan is much easier just because of the way our bodies were used to it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a morning person. But when I was there, I was like, oh, OK, 7 a.m. I'm ready to go because my body thinks it's like, you know, 8 p.m. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, coming back was really difficult. Uh, I'd start getting sleepy around noon and be like, nope, I can't take a nap because this is this is like midnight time. So yeah, like I'm yeah, just yeah. I'm just reinforcing my brain. So that was hard, but uh, less pressure here than than when I was there. So so you had an excellent time. You, you and I have been talking about doing this for a while. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I really want to get you in. We got to talk about this because I want to hear the stories to go behind it. And then that way when I go, I go, oh, yeah, I remember Kristen told us about this and this and this and this and checking out the log festivals and, you know, just, yeah. you know, just experience 
experiencing it all. But I guess the only way to do it is to uh, is to jump aboard, and uh, the best way to do is through the International Relations Council here in Mount Pleasant. That is a very great way, and we are looking for folks to get involved. Um, you know, COVID did a lot of damage, I think, to a lot of organizations. So we are just kind of in the process of regrouping, trying to uh, reorient our mission, figure out what we would like uh, our goal to be here in this 2023. Um, and so anyone who's interested, we would love to have you. How can they get in touch with you? You can find us on Facebook. We have a page under Mount Pleasant International Relations Council. Uh, Mount Pleasant is spelled out M-O-U-N-T. And you can reach us, uh, reach out to us there. I will see the message and I will be able to get you any information about our upcoming meetings, what kind of stuff we got going on. Um, but we are just really looking to uh, raise awareness about our program and just cement ourselves in Mount Pleasant consciousness once more. Of course, you have videos too, right? I'm sure. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was uh, when I went as a teenager in 2008, I had a digital camera, which was wonderful, but not as amazing as having like a whole smartphone. Yeah. That was so cool. I could just pull out my phone and like take pictures of whatever. That was amazing. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times for sure. So oh, International yeah. Relations Council of Mount Pleasant. And again, we're not here to really pump that up, but as much as I just wanted to hear the story. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- you know, have you share your story with the rest of uh, the listeners that are checking out this podcast. So. Oh man, I could talk forever about it. I my know, poor know. friends and family. And I could be here all day too, but unfortunately, uh, you know, I got to move on. But uh, thank you very much for taking the time to come out here and uh, talk to us. Today. Hey, thank you for having me out. This was great. Absolutely. And we got more coming next week. Until then, stay classy, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to In the Life of Sean Powers weekly podcast. The views and opinions heard on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those views and opinions of Latitude Media, our sponsors, our affiliates, or My1043 and Buck92 Radio. Check out our website for even more podcasts from around the area. Just go to MyMichiganPodcast.com. It's podcasting that matters.